0: Fire Nation, in the house, JLD here, and welcome to episode 1603 of EO Fire, where I'm chatting with today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. And if you are ready to turn your website visitors into leads, you gotta check out fireup.co. You can learn more over at our free service at fireup.co. Now I'll chat with today's featured guest, John Levy. John, are you prepared to ignite
1: Are you kidding me? I've been preparing (laughs) all week. I am so stoked. I cannot wait to dig in and provide all the value in the world to your audience. Love
0: it. Fire Nation. John's a behavior scientist, best known for his work in influence, networking, and adventure. He's the author of The 2AM Principle. Discover the Science of Adventure, and the founder of The Influencers Dinner, a secret dining experience attended by Olympians, celebrities, executives, royalty, and more. John, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro, and give us a little glimpse of your personal life.
1: Absolutely. Basic backstory is when I was in eighth grade, um, my teacher decided to let each of the students in the class submit two people they don't want to sit down next to and two people they do want (laughs) to sit with. And I unfortunately found out two things. One was that there was one student nobody wanted to sit with. And the second was that that student was me. And so I was totally heartbroken. And what I decided to do was figure out how human beings behaved so I could learn how to have an interesting, fun life and connect with them. And so my life became, over the years, dedicated to human behavior science. And now I study influence, what causes us to make the decisions that we make and how to affect them. And I also look at what causes us to live fun lives. So literally the science of adventure. And uh, so uh, I released a book called The 2AM Principle, where I discovered that every adventure follows a predictable four-stage process. And each stage has specific characteristics that when you apply them, make life exciting. And then on the influence side, I figured out what causes the most influential people in our culture to connect. And from that, I built this community of over 900 members that are just the most extraordinary people, um, I've ever had the pleasure to meet. So Olympic medalists, Nobel laureates, uh, executives from major companies, famous actors, musicians, and so on. And, uh, I'll be sitting there and the guy to my left has, uh, you know, discovered how memory works and won a Nobel Prize for it. And the person on my right is the president of MTV. And I'm sitting there thinking my greatest achievement is that they've cooked me dinner.
0: Well, I love all of this, and I love how you just kind of talked a little bit about where your area of expertise is. But let's kind of dive into that, John, because I know my audience is very interested in influence and just really everything that you have going on. So, and just maybe a couple quick sentences like, how would you define your specific area of expertise?
1: So, I've been really looking at how to affect decision making, how to nudge it. I spend most of my time actually applying scientific research for companies. I'll give you an example. It turns out that we as human beings, we can't process the duration of pleasure or pain. What we notice are the peaks of inexperience and how they end. Now, here's my question for you. In the last moments of your interactions with your clients, how are you ending things? Because that's the most critical thing. If you went on a three-hour date that was perfect, but in the last three seconds, the person said something awful, you'd remember that date as terrible. As marketers, we work so hard to bring people into the funnel, so hard to get them to engage with our products or services. But then in the last moments, we work past the point of enjoyment or engagement, and then we lose them. We've burnt them out. So that's just one idea of hundreds I work with. There's also something called the IKEA effect. It turns out that anything you put effort into, you like disproportionately. So look at the, your Ikea furniture, it's crap, but because you had to assemble it, you like it more. So when you're engaging with your customers, with uh, strangers, whatever it is, how can you get them to put small amounts of effort into you or your brand? And by stacking that into larger and larger amounts of effort, it actually creates a stronger bond between you and the person. So that's really the main focus of my work. And then I look at how to apply it across the board.
0: What I loved about that is that as you were saying that IKEA furniture is really crap, I just looked at my piece of IKEA furniture and I was like, that's a piece of crap. But you know what? It's my piece of crap because I put it together.
1: (laughs) That's exactly right. After spending like six hours at IKEA and battling the lines and you're like, no, this is my shit. (laughs) I love all of that so
0: John we talked about this a little bit in the pre-interview chat but you have quite the incredible story for what we can't really call it the worst entrepreneurial moment but just a really really moving and difficult time in your life so can you kind of bring us to that moment and tell us that story
1: absolutely so in 2012, I had like a terrible breakup, and I had this brilliant idea that I'm going to travel every month to the biggest event in the world wherever it was. Now, that sounds really smart until you hear where I went in July, which was uh, Pamplona, Spain for running of the bulls. So it's July 7th. I'm standing there on the path where the bulls are being released, and the bulls are running towards me. I wait till the very last second. I turn around. I just start jetting. And I run faster than I've ever run in my life. And when I get into the stadium, I jump off into the side and the bulls swipe past me. And I am so pumped full of adrenaline that I, and testosterone and dopamine and all of it that like I feel like I'm invincible. And so it turns out that they let the bulls in one at a time into the stadium uh, to mess with all the runners after. And you're locked in there. And I'm so hyped up on everything that I have a brilliant idea that when the bulls enter the stadium, what they do is they lie down on the ground and the bulls jump over them. And so I get in the safest position I can. I cover my head. I'm down on the ground. And I see the bull running at us. I realize that its right front hoof has just slipped. And it tries to make the jump, but it misses it. And it lands on my back. And everything goes numb. I literally can't feel anything. And you know how they say your life is supposed to flash before your eyes? It was just absolute silence. Like literally the thousands of spectators disappeared. And I had this argument with myself in my head. And one side was saying, John, you idiot. You could spend the rest of your life in a wheelchair. And the other side said, no, John, this fluke. You would have never been happy living a normal life. You just have to accept that whatever happens next... It was just a fluke, and you'll live a happy life. And somehow tired I in. And I managed to just, like, scrape up enough energy to stand up, but there's clearly something wrong with my body, and I'm yelling for help, but nobody's responding to me. I'm too busy pulling body away, and eventually somebody taps me on the shoulder and points me to triage. And the pain is so overwhelming that I lose my ability And as I walk into triage and see a nurse, I start going on, and I pass her my wallet because I futilely didn't know what else to do. I couldn't even talk. And so they shake me awake, and they try to kick me out of triage because I'm some stupid American, Uh, and eventually I end up in an emergency room, and they didn't even want to let me fly because the impact would have caused uh, air to go around my lungs. And if I got on a flight, my lungs would collapse and I would die. But six months of physical therapy and some of the most painful exercises I've ever had to do, I was sleep functional, lesional pain, uh, but it really had me evaluate what was important and what is it that I was willing to lose and what is it that I was willing to risk.
0: Wow, I mean Fire Nation if you don't have chills right now listening to that story, then uh got to check your own pulse because that was quite the moving story. I was always thinking I was going to do that running with the bulls. Now maybe not so much, but uh we'll see. Time will <laughs> tell. I only have a few more years I feel like where I'll be quote unquote fast enough to to run, so maybe I have to make it season later, but John, what do you really want Fire Nation to get from that story? Like, What's the one takeaway that you think our listeners can apply to their lives to improve because of the lessons that you learned?
1: So as I define an adventure, it is, one, an experience that's exciting and remarkable. As a species, we've spent thousands of years passing down our knowledge through an oral tree. And if it's not remarkable, if it's not worth talking about, it's not culturally relevant. One of the places I see entrepreneurs constantly slip up is that they try to create something that isn't remarkable. And if it's not remarkable, it's not buzzworthy. It's not relevant to us as a society. So you either have to learn how to express what it is that you're creating in a way that's talking about, or you have to reevaluate if what you're pursuing is even important or relevant in some way. It possesses adversity and or risk, preferably perceived risk. Now, I made the mistake of going for actual peril, like something that would kill me (laughs) or could kill me, a perceived risk. But if you actually look at successful entrepreneurs, they hedge their bets to an extreme. And Adam Grant, the researcher from Wharton, talks about this, that most successful entrepreneurs didn't, you know, burn the ships and stranded themselves. What right. they did was they kept working at their main gig while developing their side hustle. And the Warby Parker guys held on onto their internships and jobs way past the point that Warby Parker was actually profitable. And so you can create an extraordinary company while still being involved in another one and hedging your bets. And then the last characteristic is it brings about growth. The person you are at the end is distinct from the person who started. And that's the entrepreneurial journey at its core is that who knows if my side hustle, my company will succeed. But the person I get to become in the process is so much more valuable and so much better for it. And that's what I care about.
0: I mean Fire Nation as you're listening to John go through this right now and you're seeing like the the revelations and the realizations that he had. I mean, this is, you know, how we want to stand upon the shoulders of giants and learn from those who have come before us while at the same time still, you know, making our own path and adding that unique voice to it, which is so powerful in so many different ways. Now, John, you've had a lot of great ideas in your life, but what would you consider one of your greatest aha moments? Can you kind of take us to that moment and tell us that story?
1: Oh, without a doubt. I was sitting in a seminar. uh, It was about 2008. I was in middle management somewhere, not particularly um, doing anything remarkable or interesting. Uh, And I always felt like, you know, you've got this feeling like you're destined for doing something exceptional, but you... Just haven't found your thing. And I'm sitting there, and there's about 400 people around me in a seminar up at the front. And he says something that changed my life. He said, The fundamental element that defines the core of our lives are the people we surround ourselves with and the conversations that we have. Now, all of us know this, but almost none of us live like it's true. We curate the people around us based on what inspires us or the lessons we need to learn basically surround ourselves with people who are nearby. And I got to think about this and I got curious. How true is this? And I came across research by Christakis and Fowler, these two brilliant researchers, and they looked at the obesity epidemic. What they found was startling. John, if you have a friend who's obese, your chances of obesity increase by 45%. Mm. Me, who's your friend, my chances increase. By 20%, just knowing you, my friends have a 10% increase and their friends have a 5% increase. And we each have an effect four degrees out based on our behavior for any happiness to voting habits, smoking, marriage and divorce, anything you can imagine. And so if you can figure out how to curate the people around you, it's probably the most effective way to have an extraordinary life. And so that's what led me to create the Influencers Dinner. I became dedicated to building a community around me that could have a positive impact on each other and a positive impact on me because I was not willing to just go through life through happenstance.
0: Fire Nation, these statistics are staggering. I mean, just think about this. Just knowing somebody who's obese, 45%, just knowing somebody who knows somebody, 20%. I mean, these. Our staggering number is one thing that we do every single episode, John, as we close out EO Fire by saying you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That's a Jim Rohn quote, and it is so true on so many levels because you are, Fire Nation, the average of those five people you spend the most time with. So you have to be very intentional about who those five people are. And even outside of that, that initial periphery, you know, who's six through ten, who's ten through twenty? Think about that because it really does matter. So John, how do you want to kind of close this section down? Like what do you want to make sure our listeners get?
1: The most critical thing that I suggest is really look at the people in your life, regardless of if you want to live an exciting, thrilling life of adventure and you know, push the boundaries constantly or you're looking at the success of your company or your social life, what it is curating people around you is the critical element. And it's also beyond anything. I believe that the of our life, the size of our life is in direct proportion to how uncomfortable we're willing to be because without a willingness to be uncomfortable, you can't grow and without growth, there's no progress.
0: So Fire Nation, I mean, you're hearing John breaking down what his worst moment was, but what ideas that brought him. You're hearing him talk about some of his greatest ideas that he's had and what that means to himself and to you as an entrepreneur. So value bombs are still just waiting to be dropped in the lightning rounds after we thank our sponsors if you're stuck when it comes to designing your next logo, website, or even your business cards, then it's time to stop wasting time and start taking action and DesignCrowd can help. DesignCrowd is a crowdsourcing platform that gives you access to 500,000 creative minds from around the world who can come up with amazing designs for you. All you have to do is launch your brief and then designers will begin submitting quality designs for you to review. Within hours, you'll receive your first design and over the course of several days, a typical project will receive 60 to 100 100 plus different designs to choose from. All that's left to do is to pick the best design and approve payment to the designer. Visit designcrowd.com slash fire. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D.com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer. Or simply enter the discount code fire when posting your project on DesignCrowd. Fire Nation, I have some crazy facts and numbers to share with you today, and this is not a light topic. Did you know that business startups have been declining since the 1980s, that the average American household income is down since 2000, and over 2 million U.S. citizens are in jail? That's up 700% since the 70s. The big question is this, what is making us complacent in the face of such challenges? Find out in The Complacent Class from New York Times bestselling author Tyler Cowen. The the Wall Street Journal calls him, quote, this decade's Thomas Friedman. Ryan Event of The Economist says, quote, Tyler Cowen will have a profound impact on the way people think about the last 30 years. Malcolm Gladwell calls the complacent class, quote, brilliant. I devoured it in one sitting. Here's your next great read. The Complacent Class, available where books are sold. John, are you prepared for the lightning rounds?
1: I couldn't be more psyched for it. Let's do this. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I would have to say that it was uh, not feeling like I had a specific idea or value that I could give. I wasn't scared of like letting go of corporate life or anything like that, but I wanted anything I did to be exceptional.
0: What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: The best advice uh, would be definitely the stuff about curating your community. And then uh, a backup would be that it takes a long time to become an overnight success. So you better iterate and test and keep just working something because nothing's perfect the first time out and it just keeps getting better from there.
0: What's a personal habit, John, that contributes to your success?
1: I make sure that the people in my life know how much I appreciate them. It fosters a community around me that uh, is incredibly supportive in every direction.
0: Can you share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation?
1: constantly all these questions i have but don't have time to research them and so i love this site called ask wonder where you could ask any question and they'll for i think it's 19 bucks uh find a solution or answer for you so it could be i need 10 research papers about what the death rate is on everest because i was researching it for my book and didn't want to spend three hours right. combing through all the the data ask
0: wonder. Now, if you'd recommend one book to join the 2am principle, your book, John, on our bookshelves, what would that book be and why?
1: Robert Cialdini's influence. It is the bedrock of contemporary uh, human behavior science and uh, understanding how to sway decision making and how we're affected by others.
0: John, I want to end today on fire brother with you giving us a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you. And then we'll say goodbye.
1: Whatever it is that you're looking to do next, ask yourself what skill sets you need to develop in order to be the type of person who succeeds at that. Because even if you fail, then you get to go home with your new skill sets. And that will make you invaluable, regardless of if you then have another side hustle or go to work for a company. But it's about developing as a person. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me just about everywhere as John Levy, T L B, J O N. L-E-V as in Victor, E, sorry, Jesus, I got lost <laughs> there. I can't, that's we're my that, own we're gonna name. We're going to keep that
0: part in. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> no, no, no way. I can't believe I uh, I screwed up my own name. John Levy, T-L-B, J-O-N-L-E-V-Y, uh, V as in Victor, Y is in yellow, T-L-B, T like Thomas, L like lion, B like boy, John Levy, T-L-B. You've
0: been letting me call you Levy all episodes, so I, I blame you for this as well. I'm like, I always ask my guests, I'm like, is this how you pronounce your last name? But I looked at your name. I'm like, it's obviously Levy, like Chevy to my Levy. And, uh, John, correct me, brother.
1: So not a big deal because everybody <laughs> says it that way, <laughs> that it's not, it's just not worth the correction. Um, and it wasn't a big deal. So don't start about it. Uh, and uh, by the way, my website, JohnLevyTLB, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can find me there. It's, uh, and I'm super easy to get a hold of. If anybody has a question or anything, feel free to reach out and I'll do best to get back to you in a timely manner.
0: That's JohnLevyTLB.com. And what was that one more thing, John?
1: Oh, the one more thing is pick up a copy of the book. It's super fun. It's doing really well. GQ just described me as a young Dos Equis man. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, that's like my proudest moment in life.
0: Love that.
1: Uh, so yeah, uh, feel free to reach out and uh, pick up the 2AM principle. Discover the signs of adventure. It combines... Uh, scientific research with completely insane stories ranging from how I got crushed by the bull to uh, how I battled Kiefer Sutherland and drunken Jenga and crashed his Thanksgiving as a byproduct.
0: <laughs> Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with JL and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And again, you want to check, check out John JohnLevyTLB.com and make sure to snag his book, The 2 a.m. Principle, for all the reasons he just shared so you can discover the science of adventure. And John, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, Fire Nation, hope you enjoyed our chat with John today. And goals equal success. And with the freedomjournal.com, you will be accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days. I will catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Business startups have been declining since the 80s. Average household income is down since 2000. And over 2 million U.S. citizens are in jail, up 700% since the 70s. What's making us complacent in the face of such challenges? Find out in The Complacent Class from New York Times bestselling author Tyler Cowen. The Complacent Class,
1: available where books are sold.